Some of these pictures are going to look familiar as, as we've been going through these. We've noticed a, a little bit of a repetition of things. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's, we're going to go through the first five verses here. It says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were the redeemed of the earth. And these are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Uh, these are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found... No deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So, uh, our attention is obviously drawn to the 144,000, but this is not the first time we've seen them. Who did, if you recall, way many chapters ago, I think it was around chapter 7, um, did, remember who we talked about? There was 2,000 from every tribe. Okay. So, so there's 12,000 12, from every tribe. Yep. Um, we talked about two groups, didn't we? Now remember who the 144,000 were. If you read chapter 7, it will not help you any. Because <laughs> it's basically the same thing, that what we just read. Uh, we we, we um, talked about the 12 and the 12, and the 1,000, the 1,000 being just simply a way that they, they use the 1,000 the way we use a million, kind of a lot. Um, was was the world being a little bit smaller than it is now? Twelve and twelve, we referenced from what? What what does your mind jump to when you think of twelve? Twelve tribes. Twelve tribes. Okay. Twelve apostles. So uh, so we were um, we definitely look at the twelve patriarchs and the twelve apostles or the twelve tribes if you want to look at it that way, and the twelve apostles. And a thousand meaning a lot. And we talked about how there was two groups in that. There was the innumerable group, and then there was this numbered group. Um, and, and that was all in the chapter that was talking about the, the various persecutions. The redeemed of the earth are the, the, the slain, the martyrs. Um, and so he goes through, and this chapter, uh, chapter 14, is going to reference both groups again. So he referenced these. There's uh, some different pictures, however, uh, and so I think that these are interesting. Um, what descriptions are added in this chapter that we, we didn't go through? There's a couple of interesting things here. Okay, so that's a picture that's um, not in there. Uh, they are male virgins. And then that's not usually the picture we have of when we think of virgins usually is a, a, a reference we, we think of women, right? That's usually a, a, a picture or whatever that's associated with, with women. What is another interesting picture here? Or Okay. Uh, so they don't lie, they're blameless. And any 
they follow the lamb. So who's the lamb? That's pretty obvious, right? That's Christ. Um, and, and I think the other picture here is the picture of the harps. And we talked about the, uh, the, the songs that are sung, holy, 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 by the uh, various ones are, are sung. So, so these are some new pictures. Now, it's the same group, but these are interesting pictures. How do we know that this is not <coughs> literal? There, there's something in these pictures that are, it points us to the fact that these are, uh, that this is symbolic references. Okay. That, that. Now I don't know what musical instruments sound like in heaven. <laughs> I don't know what you know. Maybe they just have really loud amplifiers or something up there. I don't know what the deal is, but um, I do know that we don't have a misogynistic gospel, right? It's not only going to be men in heaven, number one, uh, and number two. I know that it is not only men who are expected to be morally pure, right? That is something that's so. So where have we seen? the male pictured before specifically. We saw it very recently. Remember the dragon? And he chased the woman into the wilderness and he was waiting for the male child to be delivered. Right? Uh, and so... Uh, I think what we're looking at, that was a, a symbol. All these things are surrounding the topic of idolatry, that, that persecuted church, and that the dragon was trying to get this church away from, right? This is the, the male child is not individual people necessarily. It's as it composes the church, right? Um, it is not, the 144,000 is a representation of this persecuted, this male child, and, and how that dragon goes from, from, uh, from persecuting to, uh, to trying to force this, this thing to, to swallow these, this other idolatry. And that is always, you will see the picture of sexual immorality throughout the Bible is used as a reference. Throughout the Old Testament, it was used as a, as a symbol of uh, of false worship, right? Uh, this isn't just God didn't just pick out a couple of sins that He's like, okay, these are really bad. Stay away from this, and then you'll be part of the 144,000. And this is all a symbol of something larger that's happening. Um, he talks about deceit. Well, if if uh, if the sexual immorality picture is a symbol of idolatry, what do you suppose the deceit specifically refers to? Okay, so so we're having a it's a doctrinal deceit, right? Uh, that 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 Satan is using. There's there's this error, or whatever this this group is that is that is or is being harmed. This church, it has to do with doctrine, uh, and so uh, what. Um, when we think about the Jewish church, the Christian, the Jewish Christian church is the, that early church before really the Gentiles really, you and I are Gentiles pretty much, and, and that's the majority, that innumerable group that we get into. What two, really, there's primarily two major false doctrines that they, that they struggled with, the, the two 
types of deceit. What were the two deceits of the early church? Gnosticism. Okay, Gnosticism, towards the end of the first century, starts to come in. What was before that? It's the one that almost all your books of your Bible deal with. The law. The law, right? The Judaizers. Uh, and they dealt with that, and that was, and they struggled with, and they were persecuted, and they were killed for that. Uh, Paul uh, was persecuted and hounded from one church to another over that. Um, so, uh, uh, and so we come to the, to the harps, and they're singing the song of Moses. What was the song of Moses? Okay. Okay. All right. So, what was the theme? What was the theme? You remember? It's very doctrinal, but it's all around the topic of leaving. It's it's about the Exodus. It's about leaving slavery, and so so these have these. these Slain martyrs are, are singing and rejoicing about the triumph of, of no longer having to deal with this, this slavery that they've been brought out of uh, through their death. Um, but but it's, it's a song of victory. God has had victory over, over that idolatry that they had in Egypt and over all of that stuff that they had to deal with. And that's what this song is about. And so we have really the same picture um, here with these uh, over and, and leaving oppression as well. All right, so we want to get to the three angels because now we're going to go through these three angels and we're going to kind of see, it doesn't say it the same way, but it's referencing that larger group. It's going to reference, he's put that first group, now there's this transition. So let's look at verse 6 through 13. He says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of this judgment has come, the worship, and worship Him who made heaven and earth and sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Fallen is Babylon the great, the great city, because she has made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation. He will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the command of God and the faith of, in, of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labor and their works will follow them. So um, we have here the first angel uh, and he goes with an eternal gospel. Um, What was that second group? Remember that second group? It was composed of who? Okay, it was composed of Gentiles, and even back there it referenced the same thing. That there was there was the innumerable group of, of composed of all nations. So so we have kind of a repetition of that. 
Um, so he has an everlasting gospel, um, which is to the Gentiles, and so we are talking about um, evangelization, aren't we? It, this is not, that's the great difference between Judaism and Christianity, um, and, and even the beginning of Christianity wasn't a world evangelization, wasn't it? Who was the, who was the gospel sent to? At the beginning, right? Speak only to the to the lost tribes of Israel, right? And the, speak only to those the the Jewish people as you go. Uh, so it's not until some time after the stoning of Stephen that that it that they spread out and they go. Even after the stoning of Stephen, they still are going only exclusively like in Caesarea and various places. I'm not to to Jews. It's not until Antioch that they're starting to to bring in Gentiles. So we have this this evangelization uh, that leaves Europe and or, or goes to Europe and you know so on and so forth. Uh, so we have the Gentile church here. Now the second angel. So we placed it. The second angel has another message. What's his message? Babylon has fallen. Okay, fallen is Babylon the Great. Who is Babylon the Great? Well, what's Babylon? What is Babylon a symbol of? When you think of Babylon, okay, it was a dominant empire. What else was it? It was a punishment they got sent over there. Okay, for what? For disobeying for all their false gods. Okay, for idolatry. Again, it's the symbol of idolatry. God says, "You like idols? I'm going to send you to a place where it's full of them." Right? It says, "Just you're going to have your fill of it, and we'll see." How much you like it? Uh, you know, it's interesting. After after they leave Babylon, you do not read of idolatry in Jewish history anymore. the The lesson that they had been trying to uh, God had been trying to teach them since Egypt, and even before, uh, they finally get it. Yeah, this is not so much fun. Uh, so they finally get the the idea of idolatry. Is, is bad. And it's also captivity. Uh, again, much like Egypt, it's a similar, it's a similar story, really. Um, but, but I think a little bit more so, even though it's compressed into a smaller time frame than Egypt was, it was, uh, it was more oppressive. It was, it was much more, I guess, distilled, if you think of it like that. So um, we're not actually talking about Babylon, I think, by this point in time. In, in history, uh, so so we're using it as a symbol. Uh, now, there's an interesting picture here. He talks about uh, the wine of the wrath. Wine is intoxication, right? What are people intoxicated by in this passage? Verse 8. Okay. Okay, so, so really, so you, you've got that. So, so we're, we're back to where we were. Really, it's a different power now from, from where we were with the Jewish, with that early church, 
But it's really the same thing, isn't it? It's, intox- it's this intoxication. People get intoxicated uh, in, this, in this passage by, by false worship. right? And it, that is a little bit intoxicating when you think about it. If you think about even today, there's, there's an attraction to, to various types of uh, emotional-based or, or uh, not, uh, not genuine types of worship. They intoxicate people. Right? Um, so, so there's that, and, and a lot of it is it surrounds this this false um, this false type of uh, uh, or, or let me say it this way: this appeal to uh, the miracles and the and the all the things that are promised, health and wealth today. Right? It's it's intoxicating. It's like, oh yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, but but genuine doctrine sometimes is not so exciting as all that. Uh, what else is is are they? It, it mentions um, her passion or her wrath, right? Uh, and I think the power. Some people are going to be attracted to the power of this entity, whatever it is. This this next entity that that persecutes that. Uh, that promotes false religion is going to have a power. Um, and that people are, whether it be the financial advantages of it or, right, we see that in religion all the time, don't you? Uh, you find out somebody somewhere has, has uh, been making a fast buck. Uh, or or they might, it might not even be financial. Some people just like the thrill of, of having thousands of people that will you know, listen to you and, and tell you how great you are, it's, it's intoxicating. Right? Um, so, so it's an a, a interesting picture um, that, that, he, that he shows here. Uh, but he says it's all going to come crashing down. Um, fallen is Babylon the Great. Um, it's, it's not going to be something which, which lasts long term. Um, when does this happen? You're going to know this, <laughs> right? Uh, it happens over a series of, of periods. It depends on what different aspect we're talking about this. Uh, is this talking about political Rome? Well, then we know the number to that. Is it talking about the, the spiritual reinvention of Rome? Then we know uh, really the date for that. Uh, and I think that's really more the, the picture. The, the regular Roman Empire wasn't much of a religious thing. <laughs> but, but in terms of false doctrine, we talked about this uh, previously, how um, w- within a few years, the, between the French Revolution and, um, and then Napoleon, within, within a decade, both of those two horns, right? We talked about the two horns on that beast, uh, fell first. First, the French Empire fell, uh, the Holy Roman Empire uh, that fell, and then the Papal States fell when when Napoleon took two popes captive. One of them died in prison. The other one was forced to sign a, a treaty, um, giving up all temporal power. And so, so it's over. Their political power, their financial influence. Uh, as as being the most dominant force in the world, it's done. It's gone. 
Um, and and so so he's this angel is celebrating uh, that that point. There is another beast, or another angel, and what is his message? kind of connected. All three of these are connected. Um, but uh, he has a message, and, he's, he, and this is directed at the worshipers of the beast. The, the, first, the second angel kind of is rejoicing over the, the, the fall of this thing, but, but now we have a warning. <clears throat> don't take the mark. Well, so don't... Remember, when this is written... <clears throat> excuse me. John is writing this in 96 AD before any of this stuff even really happens. So, before it even comes into existence in a lot of in a lot of cases, and God's already celebrating the downfall. I think that's kind of funny. God's like, "Yeah, I'm celebrating the downfall of this power that doesn't even exist yet." Um, <laughs> it gives you a little perspective on things, doesn't it? And um, so, so he says, "Well." This thing is going to come. It's going to fall. Don't get connected to it. Don't enjoy that that intoxicating power, that financial influence. You know, if you if you sign up for it, then then you'll have a easier time, right? Uh, because he's going to control that commerce, and you're going to have to find a, a more difficult way to survive. Unless you know, if if you resist that. It might even cost you your life. Don't get intoxicated by that power and by the false doctrine. So <clears throat> this is directed, um, it's the same entity as the second angel. We talked about that. You receive the mark, or, or this is a warning, in other words. This is a warning to the members not to get into this, um, the, the false doctrine. And he says, this is the perseverance of the saints, those who persevere. Uh, verse uh, 13, it says, Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works uh, will follow them. So it's an encouragement. It's not just a warning. God always gives the, the double side of things. It's, a, it's an encouragement to the faithful. Uh, just stay with it, and and you will get through it, uh, whatever it is. And if this is if this is true in all things. Uh, stay strong. Those who die in the Lord are rewarded. He doesn't promise that you won't die, right? Those who die in the Lord, you're going to look look back on this, and it's, it's not going to really seem like anything. Maybe you won't even look back on. It. I don't know. If, I don't know if people in heaven look back on it and go. Man, that was that was awful. Maybe they don't even look back. Maybe maybe God's just like got that out of their mind. Um, so, um, <clears throat> but there will be a choice, and that's important. There is a choice uh, for people. There is an important distinction that that I want to do here instead of state for the application, because I think it is uh, important. <clears throat> And when, whenever I go through Revelation and, and you, you talk about some of these things, there's a, 
really, or any discussion of a religious group, for that matter, and false teachings, there is a tendency to confuse the members of the group with the organization. Okay? We've been clearly talking about the papacy and, and various things like that. It is important for us to notice the distinction in the way God approaches the topic, right? Uh, so I am quite cautious when I talk with anybody from any religion, whether it be the Watchtower Society or whatever, to make sure you do not say things like Catholics believe or, or Jehovah's Witnesses fill in the blank or Mormons this or what. There's a, there's a Mormon church and there's a Jehovah's Witness church and there's a Catholic church. There's, there's a lot of churches, right? You'll be surprised how many people do not agree with things that are taught by their church. I think if we went around this room, right, it would be the same thing. We'd find a lot of different ideas even within this room, wouldn't we? So, so the same is true, and we need to allow that for other people. Right? And God deals with it this way. He's pretty... You read, the, you read the, the, the part about rejoicing about fallen is Babylon the Great, and this great rejoicing God has over this entity. That's the second angel. But, but we get to the third angel, and there's a different tone for people, the individuals. He has a different tone. He's, we need to, to look at the people and, and, and encourage and warn people. The, the organization's going down. There's no saving the organization. But the people are treated different. And we're going to see that actually again, yet one, uh, another time yet in Revelation. So, uh, any thoughts on that before we, before we go? You can kind of see a, a parallel in the way that Jesus treated um, the organization of, of the Jewish um, hierarchy. Like yeah. He, he was harsh and attacked the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the and the and the rulers. But he didn't. He didn't. He was. He was. He, you know. He showed a lot of uh, of gentleness towards people. Right. right. In terms of like because they were being misguided. Right. And even even along those lines, it wasn't even just uh, individual people, but even even among the leaders, uh, he 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 approaches or allows Nicodemus, you know, and, and Joseph of Arimathea Pilate. to to right, Pilate, like some of the some of the most no, notorious aspects and elements of this, or, or people who belong to that, they. Uh, they were allowed, and Paul mimics the same thing. You see, numerous times, uh, you know, here he is talking with Festus and Felix and trying to convince them. And he's, uh, you know, we, we we go through the Book of Acts and we see different leaders of of synagogues, and and Paul's dealing with them, and in, successfully in some cases. So so there's always this distinction between uh, between the people um, and and the the group identity. So. Uh, good thoughts. All right, so we, we come into um, uh, going from verse 14. Um, <clears throat> he says, I looked and behold a white cloud. On a cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having 
on his head a golden crown, his hand a sharp sickle, and the other came out of the temple saying with a loud voice to him, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap, for the time has come to reap the harvest of the earth, uh, for it is ripe. For, uh, so he who sat on the cloud put in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven. He also had a sharp sickle. The angel, uh, another angel came from the altar who had a power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And so the angels thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the, vine, the vines of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside of the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horses' bridles for uh, 1,600 furlongs. All right. Wow. That's uh. What does it sound like here? First, first, gut reaction. What does that sound like? This sounds more like the Okay. It definitely had. We've seen a lot of pictures um, as we go through Revelation that kind of seem like one thing, and then it's like you start analyzing it. Some we have gotten to the end. We've gone through a cycle and seen the end of the judgment. Is that this? Well. As we're going to look at chapter 15, I want to read chapter 15, verse 1, and it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. So we kind of have a, a different, we have a choice here uh, in, in trying to do this the best way. Is this kind of a prelude? Is this all one discussion? Uh, or is this a different uh is this not the final judgment? And it's using that language. We saw the language of the church kind of using the picture of Jesus, almost, almost, you know, really similar things using the picture that one might be led to talk about Jesus and Mary and, and Herod and all that, but it was really a reference to the church and, and the succeeding generations of the church. God does that throughout the book of Revelation, uses pictures that, that they kind of, uh, we're familiar with to to illustrate something, and I, I think that's what we're going to see because it seems that in chapter 15 we're still continuing through history, so this is not the end judgment. There's another judgment, and I think really what this does is this corresponds to what we've just seen. Fallen is Babylon the Great. This is a picture of this falling power and, and the, this bloody fall. Well. <laughs> We read the, 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 the period of that time, and it is a bloody fall, isn't it? Uh, so, um, now, definitely the Son of Man is the Son of Man. And that's, uh, but what is odd about this picture of, of, of the judgment? This kind of an oddity. There's a second person, an angel, with a as well. Okay, yeah. It, it, it's, like, it's like, who's doing the judging here? That's, it's one of the things that... It draws me to the fact that this is symbolic. It's not literal. Uh, and, and, and I don't think angels go around telling Jesus what to do. I just kind of, that's my, my gut reaction. I uh, start looking at the different elements and I say, this is a, this is a vision. Uh, this, this isn't literal. Right? The, the, he's trying to paint a picture for us. Um, the harvest is definitely a, a judgment here of some type. He's on a cloud, and that, that looks similar, right, uh, to the, the idea of Christ saying, when you next see me, I'll be on a cloud, right? Uh, 
and, and so that's that's similar. What? Just a, just a thought. Um, in some of the previous uh, chapters in, yeah. in Revelation, they were talking about angels as being like ministers. Yes. And, and, and evangelists, or you know, uh, maybe even prophets. Sure. Right, messengers. It, the angel that came out from the altar of power over fire, could it be a messenger on the earth that was given? That, that's, that, it's all possible, yeah. There's a lot of different pictures, and, and I don't think we'll ever know. Um, that is a, that's actually a really good thought, uh, that, that God uses pictures that we have. We have pictures of, of people kind of telling Jesus what to do, like, hey, uh, when are you going to come and, and avenge us? <laughs> you know, they're, they're not literally telling him what to do, but, but this cry, hey, this is time to do this. We really need this, right? Urging Jesus to, you promised. <laughs> so make good on your promise. And um, so, so that's, that's actually a really good thought. Um, I put in a sickle uh, and, and the reaping. I don't know what... It, it focuses largely on grapes. Guess where we get the name of the book from, right? The Grapes of Wrath. This comes from this... Uh, from this, um, At least the title. I don't know about the book itself. But, uh, um, and it's the wine press of his wrath. And all these pictures are pictures that would be accurate to to reference the the final judgment, uh, but I don't think that's what this is referencing. Um, let's go through here. And I think this is, as I said, this is going back to the fall of Babylon, uh, sixteen hundred uh, stadia or furlongs. However. Um, and some of yours will say 200 miles. Does anybody have a version of your Bible that says 200 miles? Okay, 180. Um, so some put that in the Bible and just translate the the um, uh, yeah. Some some leave it as a note. My suggestion is that we leave it as it is. These are prophetic numbers. Right? If I was to translate numbers. I take the prophetic value out of it, right? If I, if I uh, uh, try to put it in common terms, it, it loses its value. Uh, and, and so 144,000, well, that, that was given for a reason, right? And he goes through those things. If I, if I try to uh, convert, if I try to do those conversions, then these were given for a reason. And we'll even see that again uh, later on. So I, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I I'm, I'm, don't have an accurate read on this one. Uh, Sixteen hundred. What could it be? Well, I don't think it's two hundred miles. Um, I think we look at breaking things down. We've seen things in perfect squares, and I don't know why, but it draws our mind to something. Um, twelve and twelve. Here we have four and four, uh, and. How has four been used? Creatures. What's that? Creatures. Creatures. We've seen four creatures. Four corners. Four corners. What does that reference? Okay. Compass points, right? Um, we've seen four winds, right? Four angels. Right? Four seems to be used a lot in, in, in these, and I don't want to get into numerology. I, 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 I don't like when people try to I say that. I 
about every week, but I try to stay away from, from some of the weirdness <laughs> um, because I don't really have a key for all those. I can only kind of look at how things are used. But typically, we see that four directions. We see this a, a totality of, of those four winds coming in on the empire, the, the, the four angels holding them back, or, or various things. It, it usually follows a total destruction of something, right? the total collapse of the Roman Empire, or, or whatever it is. Um, so, and I think that's kind of this, this same picture. Right? Uh, this, this Babylon the Great, this, this persecuting, this power, God has put up with it for long enough. And, and he's going to trample out for a long ways. Uh, I don't know what horse, is it a horse's depth of a horse. I don't know what, what kind of horse. Is it a Shetland pony or is it, I was like, I don't know. It's like, what, what, it, it's there, I don't think, to be a specific thing that we're supposed to get this minute detail out of, but we're supposed to get the picture what, what picture should we get? <laughs> At the very least, we should be left with what? What feeling? We win. We win, and there's a lot of destruction that goes along with that. Uh, God is very unhappy. I think there's some just in, interesting wording. Yeah. Like from the first paragraph to the second paragraph. Yes. What Jesus does to what yes. the angels after him do. Right. Jesus harvests the right of the earth. Mm-hmm. And the angel gathers. There's, yeah. there's a difference in terminology there. Yeah, that's, Har- that's true. Harvesting is bringing in the good things, the gathering for the, yes. Yes. the bad things. Right, yes. And and um, we're not told what, what he's harvesting in the first paragraph. That is kind of interesting. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, what, what is being harvested? Well, yeah, we think of wheat. Says, but, but the earth is right, you know, like, like, yeah. you know whenever we harvest wheat or harvest corn, yeah. it's just for the Right, and, and and that even goes back to a similar picture. It's not using the same thing, but but that that first group of, of persecuted people, they're, and they're like, we're ready. To, he's like, it's not quite the right time yet. We got one more of these little things to get through, and then then I'm wrapping this thing up. You got to wait for the right time. Right. Yes. Sure. Yeah. And that, that goes back to this picture. These, these, you know, some of these angels might might be a, a representation of people and not necessarily an angel. If it's if it's us doing the harvesting on God's behalf, um, the the certainly the the judgment of things is God's is in His Christ. Uh, so I, I think we're just we're left with with that. Um, I want to very briefly go through uh, Revelation chapter 15 um, and and use this kind of as our application. It, it's not really that detailed um, and it's it's just a prelude to what's going to follow. So I want to kind of uh, just go through this really briefly. He says, I saw an, another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. There are seven angels having the last, last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. I saw something like a sea of glass. We've talked about that before. And was mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, and standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, uh, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you alone are holy. 
All nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifest. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony of heaven was opened. And out of the temple came the seven angels, having seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen, having their chests uh, uh, surrounded by golden bands. And one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls of wrath, a God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So I think we kind of um, kind of confirmed that idea that no one is able to enter that temple that, the, uh, if that is a picture of heaven until this is completed. So, so the previous chapter is not the completion yet. Uh, this is a previous judgment. Uh, it's mingled, this, this sea of glass is now mingled with fire. Again, drawing that kind of that allusion to the, the final judgment. Um, he says, how, how does this group conquer? He talks about a conquering, but they conquer by how? How have they conquered? And this is a maybe not so much what we want to see, but they conquer by death. Right. We like to think that we, we conquer by surviving, and that's how God wins, and, and it all comes out in the end, but, but sometimes God conquers through our death. I'm not saying that that's going to happen to me, but at whatever point in time this is, there's going to be something in which people conquer by death. I know maybe it's not even referring to us here. Maybe it's referring to us, uh, people in, in other nations, because that does go on in other nations. Um, but their final song is certainly victory. Um, we are wired to think that suffering is, is wrong, but I want to leave us with kind of a, an idea that violence, in any situation, violence is the language of desperation. Right? When, when, when something's trapped in a corner. And that is true for Satan. Satan uses violence against the people when he feels threatened. Right? When, when, his, when his deceit doesn't work. If we are steadfast, then there's only one thing that can come, and that's intimidation. Um, and so there's these plagues. We have to get through these plagues to get to the end. And we, we kind of saw that earlier in the book. We saw, even so, come Lord Jesus. Are, are, can you say that? Are you willing to get through the plagues? We've seen plagues all through Revelation of one type or another. Right? The, whole, the whole thing kind of paints history as kind of unpleasant for, for Christianity. Uh, but these are going to be the last plagues. Um, who knows when? Uh, some of this we will recognize, and some of this we won't recognize as we go through this. Right? Because uh, Revelation is pictured this way. It moves through three times. It, uh, there's like the, a focus on the early part. There's a, a part that focuses on the central part. And then, and then it, he runs back through it, and he focuses on the end part of it. Uh, and we're not going to always recognize everything because some of it hasn't happened yet. Right? There's still history. We're still here. Um, so... Uh, when these plagues end, however, 
This is the good news. It's over. When these plagues end, it's done. Then God says you can enter the temple. So I'm going to let you go with that.